Welcome to Passionate and Prosperous, the only podcast about creating success in your life and business by using your voice, gifts, and skills to do the work that lights you up, make money, and have massive impact in the world. This show teaches coaches, creatives, and service-oriented human beings how to trust in yourself and leverage your unique message, experience, and expertise to attract your ideal audience, create clients, and organically build your soul-aligned business. I'm your host, mindset and business strategy coach, Stacey Brass Russell, and I can't wait to help you to set yourself up for success and use your passion to create the prosperous life and business that you truly desire. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Passionate and Prosperous. Guess what? I've been hearing from so many of you that you are really excited for Prosper. I'll have the full course details and the sign up ready for you in the coming weeks, but I wanted to let you know that the official start date is going to be June 20th. Prosper is going to be a six week training for coaches, creatives, and leaders who want to learn how to use next level mindset and coaching skills to shift your own being and how you show up in your business to a new level, as well as to have more more confidence, having the conversations that lead to creating more clients, being an even better coach, teacher, mentor, or service provider than you already are, and making more money. So why don't you get on the waiting list? Shoot me an email or a message on social media with the word prosper so that you can be sure to receive the program details when they're available and so that you can be eligible for any special bonuses that I may offer. And now kick back and enjoy episode 26 of Passionate and Prosperous. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Passionate and Prosperous. So back in the day, like episode three, which was <laughs> like 20 something episodes ago, I made an episode called Who Are You For? Which was essentially an episode about niche. So I'm just going to admit right now, I am a little obsessed with niche and I will tell you why. Knowing your niche is like the backbone of your business and I know that so many of you cringe at the idea of having to quote unquote niche down, which is actually a term that like, I don't know, for whatever reason, it totally irks me. But anyway, my point is that I come across or I talk to so many coaches and creatives and entrepreneurs who are like, they can't stand the idea of having to narrow their niche or limit themselves, right? So my goal or intention for today's episode is to really break down for you how knowing your niche helps you. (laughs) It really does. And what function it serves in your business. And here's the best part. In what ways it sets you free instead of limiting you, which is what so many people think, but it's really the opposite. When you really know your niche, you have so much more freedom in your business. And what I mean by freedom is you spend way less time racking your brain and trying to figure out what to say and what to make and what to create. And we're going to go more into that. And I really hope that by the end of you listening to this episode, that you are, that you can't go wait to go out and do more work on figuring out your niche. Okay. <laughs> so um, now the episode that I referred to, Who Are You For?, is talking about niche from a different angle than the one I'm going to be talking about today. In that episode, I'm talking about how you're never going to be for everyone, right? Not everyone is going to like you or want to work with you. And that's actually really great because in a lot of ways, that's your niche self-selecting, right? And when you accept the fact that you don't need to try to be for everyone because even if you did try to be for everyone, even if you were like, I'm not going to have a niche. I don't want to narrow myself down because I know that I can help anyone and everyone in the world. And I don't want to limit myself in case 
so-and-so really want to work with me. And then I said that I work with these people and then that would make them not reach out to me. And oh my God, the stories that we tell ourselves, right? So here's the reality. Even if you didn't have a niche because you thought that you wanted to make sure that everyone in the world knew that you were available to them because you can help everyone in the world and you know, I believe you can. Like, I know that you're really skilled and I know that you're an amazing coach or that you're an amazing provider, that you're an amazing mentor, that whatever you do, I know you're awesome at it. Like, please know that 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 is like an, that is like, um, what do I want to call it? Like an unconditional <laughs> understanding between us. I know you're great at what you do and that you can do it with everybody, everybody, right? But The truth is, is that even if you wanted to work with everybody, not everybody wants to work with you because there are some real, real things happening, which is that people are respond to vibe and energy and people resonate with different things and people find different things relatable. And so when people are choosing or getting excited or inspired by someone, very often there's something about that person that is making them drawn to them. And as magnetic as we all are, we're not magnets for every single person in the universe. So you can go back and listen to Who Are You For to hear me, as you can hear, (laughs) talk passionately about this because because it's it's so freeing, right, to remember that even if you want to make sure that everyone in the world knows that you're available to work with them, the truth is is that not everyone in the world is going to work with want to work with you anyway, and so you might as well get really clear on who is going to want to work with you. And that's what that episode is about. It's about recognizing who is going to want to work with you, right? So it's a little bit of like an interesting uh, angle or direction at look, you know, looking at niche from, right? And so today I'm going to go a little bit more into um, like what your niche really is and why I know that it serves you in your business to know your niche. And it's not only so that you, you know, what I just said, it's not only so that you narrow down, but it has a lot of other function that when I teach it to you, I think you're going to get excited about it. All right. So, um, so we're going to be talking about, you know, how your niche functions, what it does for you, and also what, how I teach what your niche is actually made, made up of, which from what I know, because I'm out in the world is, is kind of unique. I think that I teach it in a, in a, in a different way. And many people that have taken, for example, my training, know your niche. I have a training, um, or who work with me definitely, I've heard many people say that they finally know their niche after like trying to work on it with other business coaches or, you know, struggling to figure it out for years. So I know that there's something about the way I teach it and talk about it that helps a lot of people. So I'm hoping it's going to help you. So the first thing that I want to say is your niche is not a hot hook or an elevator pitch. Now, I, I was taught this. I was literally taught that your niche is a sentence, that your niche is this like, you know, crafted sentence that where you try to put every word in the universe that relates to the work you do as if like, as if it's your one chance to to talk about what you do and you've got to get every special word that you think relates, you know, like, like alignment and, and, you know, self-love and worthiness and empowerment. And I mean, I don't mean to make fun of those words. I use those words too, but, um, but I've heard, I've watched, I've heard, I've seen so many people waste hours and hours and hours, hours, days, months of their life working on this convoluted sentence that doesn't even sound organic or natural when you actually say it out loud um, and trying to write the sentence from what I always refer to as like as as the front brain or the or your outgoing brain and and the sentence is hollow it's like it's almost it's almost such a weird sentence that when you say it out loud it doesn't even sound like a person and and I know that people have been taught that that's your that's your niche but it's not. That's your hot hook, 
or your elevator pitch or your commercial or or I like to refer to it as your niche statement. It's kind of like the thing that you get to craft as a result of doing the work on your niche. So it's like you can't make up that sentence until you do the work that I'm about to tell you that you need to do. And when you do the work that that I teach you, then it's going to be really obvious to you how to make that sentence that only has like a, a, a couple of functions, right? Let's face it, like a, a niche statement, a hot hook, a commercial, a, you know, whatever, a marketing statement, whatever you want to call it, it only serves you if you are, let's say, at a networking event and they're like, okay, um, everyone, we're going to go around and you have 45 seconds to introduce yourself, which does happen. I, You know, if you've ever gone to a networking event, especially um, BNI, which is like the oldest and biggest, you know, networking organization. Um, like if you belong to a BNI chapter, that's what happens at every meeting is everybody goes around and does their their commercial. And, and depending on how many people are in your chapter, it's 30 seconds or it's 45 seconds. It's not even a minute. And that's why having a really concise statement that encapsulates what you do in a really, really, really tangible, clear way is important. Because if you're at a networking meeting and the whole point is that other people get what you do so that they can then refer you and tell that to other people. People, then yeah, you should not feel like you have to be rambly and ha- and have to talk for five minutes and like, you know, and say all kinds of shit that people start like, you know, their heads start spinning and they're like, I don't even understand. Because listen, if you're a coach, especially if you're listening to this and you're a coach and you say you're a coach, most of the time, no one knows what that is. So then you do have to explain a little bit more. And that's why having clarity about what you say, about what you do, is really important. And that's why if you want other people to refer you, like networking friends, you bet your ass they need to hear from you in as clear a way as possible what you do, or they're never going to be able to tell someone else what you do because, trust me, those people don't know what coaching is, (laughs) okay? So... How does that hot hook new statement commercial help you? Well, it helps you for that, for networking. It helps you if you happen to meet someone and they're like, what do you do? And then you want to have like this really like in your pocket answer. Um, It helps you on paper if someone says that you can send them a short introduction or bio about yourself where you never want to make that all about you. You want it to begin with like how you help other people. Okay. Um, so does a little hot hook, you know, and, and having that really, really well crafted concise statement ever help you? It does. Is that the same thing as your niche? It is not. It is not. So, so if you think that that is they're synonymous, then hopefully after this episode, you're going to think something different. Okay. So, Glad I got that out of the way. That was one of the first things I want to talk about was that your niche is not your hot hook, okay? So I'm going to tell you a little story about me and my niche story, and then hopefully it's going to start to help you when I explain some things about why having a niche is so important, okay? So when I first decided to become a health and life coach, right, that's how I started out. I started out um, I was a yoga teacher. I was I I was exiting owning a studio. So I was owning a studio, and I wanted out. And it's not that I didn't want to teach yoga anymore, but I did not want to own this business. There was a lot of problems, and I had business partners. and And even though I was almost fifty years old, I was literally almost fifty. And I want to tell you this story, and I know I've told it in various you know, other episodes I've mentioned bits and pieces, but I want to just make sure that I just always hit this one point home because so many of the people that I work with, um, what you're doing now, those of you who are building your passionate and prosperous businesses, very, very often it's not the thing that you thought you were going to be, right? You've made some sort of change or transition, or this is the second or third or fourth 
career. Um, this is new for you, right? This is you deciding that you're going to, you know, finally do what you really want to do. So most of the time when I'm working with people or I'm talking to those of you listening, most of the time, what you're thinking of as your passion and prosperous business is not like the thing that you started doing, like the day you graduated from college. Okay. So I want to share the story with you because it's always important to me that I let you know that becoming a coach and building a very successful coaching business in four years. So I had a successful business within my first year to year and a half. Okay. And then it's only gotten better. And where I am now at four years is like, I'm so, so, I'm so happy and I'm not surprised, but I am kind of amazed Right. Because when you're 50 years old, you're not thinking that they're at, you know, you maybe you're not thinking without without having to plant the thought that it's possible to get more successful in your 50s than you ever were before. Right. So I had to really work on that belief. And I was really scared to leave the yoga studio owning because when I opened that studio with these other people, I thought it was going to be, I don't want to use the term end game, but I kind of thought it was going to be like my thing for, you know, I was like, okay, now I'm making something, you know, making something. That's how it felt. I'm not no longer going to be working for other people or being a freelancer or being like a starving actor, artist, all that. And I was like, I'm going to own a business. And I thought this is going to be my, you know, my thing for a long time. So when it was really miserable and I was really unhappy, and I was not feeling like I was living my passionate life. It was interfering, actually. It was like I couldn't be my full self because I had partners that didn't want me to be my full self. <laughs> so anyway, so I just, so, so I actually stumbled upon becoming a health and life coach because someone that I knew became a coach. And she asked me to, to participate in this group program that she was running like for free because she needed more people just to fill it out. And I did this program, I started this program and I, and within like three sessions, I was like, oh my God, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm supposed to be coaching people. And at the time, the health part made a lot of sense with yoga because I had all these students that were my longtime students, a lot of them that uh, that had private lessons with me. Uh, you know, I had, I had relationships with so many people. And I just want you to know this story is going somewhere. This is part of my niche story. Okay. So I had all of these relationships with people that knew me as not only their yoga teacher, but like as a health expert, because I was always a health expert as soon as I became a yoga teacher, I also was that person who always was like, oh, what about, what is this? What is this Ayurveda? How can I up-level my health and life with this science? And I would always go to functional, holistic people. And I was always, you know, not not following fads. My My whole thing was I always wanted to know what I should be doing, like to optimize my health. So I never did any of the like fad things. I always like was like, why should I do this? Should I do this? So I had all, so I knew so much. And so I had all of these students that looked to me, like they would always ask me like, should I do the whole 30? You know, should I do this? Should I do a juice cleanse? Should I, you know, I have an injury. What should I do? And I, I was the inflammation queen also. So anyway, so becoming a coach was felt like, oh my God, this is something I can do instead of owning a yoga studio. And it was really terrifying because I was 50 years old and I actually had no idea how coaches make money. <laughs> I was like, I, I know I'd be good at it, but I don't know how to have a business at it. But still, I need to do something, right? But here's the truth. When I became a health and life coach, I was still teaching yoga. I, I got out of owning the studio, but I was still teaching at the studio so that I could still earn money while I was figuring out how to get my coaching business off the ground. And when I first announced or started letting people know that I was a coach, of course, all of my yoga students that had known me for varying degrees of time, like, you know, anything from a few weeks to a few years to like a decade, right? I was, I was, I've been a yoga teacher in New York City, you know, for at this time, 17 years already when, when I, when I started my, um, my coaching business. And so all I had to do, I didn't need a niche. I didn't have a niche. I was like, I'm a health and life coach. That's not a niche. It's a certification, right? But 
I had already been building relationships with people and they already had a reason to know, love and trust me. They like trusted the shit out of me, right? They believed, and I'm not saying that they, that this is like that, that I had some weird power over them, but they trusted me. They believed what I said. They believed what I said about ways that we can make our lives better. You know, I, I, I was, I'm a big yoga scholar. I don't only teach yoga poses, but I teach spirituality and philosophy and how the brain works and how that's what yoga is. Like, how can we use our human brains? You know, how, what can we do so that instead of feeling suffering and torture by the way our minds work, how can we create a situation with our brains where we're actually living in a, at a really high level, right? A high level, spiritually, philosophically, you know, mentally, emotionally, right? So I've been doing this for so long. These students, they trusted me. They believed in me. And when I said, oh, now I have this other way that I can help you on a more individual, personal level than just teaching you in the classroom, they they asked me. They literally were like, can I be your client? Like, can I talk to you about coaching? So my first handful of students were, I mean, clients were my students. They were people that came to me and wanted the coaching. And I still did everything the way you would do it. I like still took them through what we call a discovery call, um, you know, to see like what they really wanted to work on and so on and so forth. And they were all coming to me for various health and life things. Nobody was coming to me specifically as a business coach. But what was also happening was that the people that were coming to me for the life coaching were very often people that were wanting to make some sort of a change to what they were doing because they were feeling not passionate, not fulfilled, not that they really um, loved where they were. But it's scary to think the way I did, right? Look at what I did. When you think about what other people were seeing, they were like, here's someone who owned a business and then she quit or left to start something from scratch, to be an entrepreneur. She took this huge risk. It's really scary. And maybe she can help me do that too, right? So they saw that. But regardless, they already had trust and faith in me. And so I got all these clients, okay? So cut to I'm in a business program as well as so so I so I become a coach and then I decide to take the next level that my school was offering which was this sort of like advanced they call it mastery and it was an advanced training that was supposed to be a dual track of um becoming a better coach like a more advanced level coach so I'm technically a master level transformational coach right that's my certification and that there was also like a business program like so that they would help you like also make a really successful coaching business which uh, I want to tell you that the success I have in my coaching business was not because of that program that part of the program was not that good but the part about becoming a better coach was definitely really good so um so anyway, so I started in that program. And of course, like they're kind of talking about like your hot hook, you know, your niche and whatever. And, and I was having a really hard time. And I'm going to tell you why I was having a really hard time. Because when I was looking at the, the demographic and the sort of the range of who were these people that were coming to me for coaching, right, they were not super specific. It wasn't like it was only women in their 40s, right? And, and when I think about all of the people that were my students, that totally like followed me, loved me and, you know, like really considered me their teacher and whatever. It was everything ranging from people in their 20s to their 70s, men, women, every single race, ethnicity, gay, straight, like, you know, everything, right? And I really felt that like, therefore, it was impossible for me to have a niche. And I really did think that. I thought, well, that's crazy. How could I have a niche? Look at all these people that I've been serving for all these years. Look at this wide range of every kind of person on earth that takes my yoga class. Like, why would I have a niche? And I really did feel that way. I was like, I'm not going to have a niche. I'm just going to like, I'm just going to like, I'm nicheless. <laughs> I'm Stacy of no niche, right? I don't need one. So, you know, what happened was for a little while it worked. Because I had all these people that already knew me, right? And then I decided 
that I wanted to also be able to widen my reach, especially because I was not doing as teaching as much yoga. I was easing, right? The point was to ease into like having a coaching business. So even though having the yoga classes did serve as a great way for me to like meet new people and build no love and trust with them and have them get to know me. And then that would often lead to somebody like wanting to talk to me about coaching. I ultimately knew that for me personally, I wanted to grow a business that was not limited to like New York City. It was not limited to the the people that I could serve in a little yoga room, right? Like 30 people at, at, at max at once. And So I did what everyone is doing, right? And started using social media for like for my business. And I never actually thought like, I never thought that I was going to like have a solely online business, you know, like where, where I just only sell online and only, um, you know, have offerings online. Like I am such an in-person person. I have led yoga retreats all over the world. I've, I've led yoga retreats in Mexico and Guatemala and India and Hawaii and um, Costa Rica. And, you know, like, and I, and, and then the pandemic came just, so you know, so of course, during the pandemic, I didn't lead, do anything in person. The last thing I did was in the January before the pandemic, I did this incredible full day event at this beautiful place here in New York City for a 2020 visioning event, a full day event for um, entrepreneurs to come and totally map out their year. And we did all kinds of belief work and all kinds of stuff, right? And I love doing that. And I love teaching workshops and restorative yoga workshops combined with coaching. I mean, I had already been developing all this stuff. And then the pandemic came, boom, no more in person. And even though things have been opening up again, I no longer teach yoga in a studio. And, you know, and I am now thinking about what in-person stuff is is next for me. So I don't know, I'll plant the seed right now. I totally have in my visioning that we're doing a passionate and prosperous live event, November 9th to 11th here in New York City. So if you are a fan of the show and you would want to come to a three-day event with me teaching you live in person, like all of the stuff that you hear me teach on the show, um, and you would want to come be in a room with other people that are like you and you want, you want the real vibes and you want to come away with like some incredible, incredible clarity and motivation and next steps for you in your life and business, put it on your vision board (laughs) and your calendar. So the more, the more people that are picturing it and envisioning it and wanting it to happen, it's going to happen. So anyway, so that's a side note, but, um, but, but you see, I'm craving doing in person. So it's not that I ever thought that I was going to be, you know, an online only person. I always knew that like my business would be a hybrid of meeting people in real life, of doing real life events and getting to meet people. And also, why would I or any of you pass up the opportunity to have a presence on social media? Because social media is free marketing. Obviously not if you pay for Facebook and Instagram ads, but if you've been listening to the show, you know that I don't want you to do that, that that it is not something to do in the beginning of your business, even though you might be thinking that that you don't have enough exposure and you want to use the ads. It's the opposite. It's the absolute opposite. People who don't have anything going on should not be using Facebook and Instagram ads. It's all just to get you to spend money on that platform. Okay, but. I digress. So using social media though is is important, right? Because it it's it's there. It's free and it is one of if not the only way for you to attract cold totally new people that you would never have access to in your local community. You're not going to walk outside and bump into them. They don't live in your building, you know. And of course, it's good even for those people, for the people that you do know and that are in your community or that you meet at networking or that, you know, that you, that, you know, for me, 
the people that took yoga with me, how do you think they really got to know more about like what I was doing as a coach? Well, they all were, we were all friends on social media and I was posting things. So social media does serve a great purpose, even if you have this idea that I know many of you do that like, you don't want to be an Instagram influencer, right? You don't, I don't want to be an Instagram influencer. I think I've referenced this before. Like I really, I mean, every bone in my body resists the idea of like dancing and pointing on a reel, although I'm sure I'm going to end up doing it. So like you can make fun of me, like for saying what I'm saying right now. But in this moment, I just don't, I, I, it's just so not me. So, you know, like knowing that, like, that's what you got to do if you want to be an Instagram, blah, blah, whatever. I'm okay with it. I have to, I have other shit that I do in my business to like, to make me successful. Right. And you can too. I want to make sure you know that everybody can figure out their unique individual way that they attract, serve, and convert clients. Everybody. And you don't have to make reels on Instagram, although reels are the best way to use Instagram to get new people. Okay. Okay. So anyway, um, so I knew that using social media would be important. And I was, I mean, I was already on social media, but I definitely started using social. I was going, I, I started a Facebook group. I was going live in there. I did a Facebook live series called Life is Hard. So what are you going to do about it? And I would come on every week and do video series and people really loved it. And I was using it to definitely nurture and grow my audience. But here's the thing. I wasn't getting new clients necessarily from that aspect of what I was doing, like from social media and from anywhere other than the people that knew me from yoga. And what I started realizing on my own before I then got total valid confirmation about it, once I started having my own business coach and started really, you know, like becoming more tuned into my business, okay, and then becoming a business coach myself, and it's my job to be able to now really tell you this, what I realized was that I wasn't speaking to anybody specific. I was just being Stacy, which is a really important thing, just so you know. Being yourself, being authentic, showing up, being seen and heard, being consistent, all of that is really, really important. But there's an and, and you do need to have something really specific and clear that you're saying and who you're saying it to because, and this is a big part of today's episode, creating clients in person by meeting them and knowing them and having them get to be around you like I did in yoga or like you already do just in your life. The people that you know, the people that you interact with, the people that already know you as an expert in something, the people that already know that you're, that they trust you because, because they know you. And now they're like totally into the fact that you do what you do. Maybe they don't all want to work with you. But what I'm saying is the people that know us, and then we decide that we're going to start our business, right? Whatever that is. There were people that already knew us and that, and that are more likely to be more easily moved along our yellow brick road and converted into clients than the people that we're trying to attract online that don't know us, that have never met us, and they're not coming across our path organically the way that you would if you were just out and about. You might meet someone at Starbucks. You might meet someone at drop-off for your kids or while you're watching a soccer game and talking to another parent. You might meet someone at a social event. You might meet someone at a networking gathering. You might meet someone at a party. You might meet, right? You get my drift. You meet people. I mean, again, don't forget the pandemic has been this like very weird fucked up like blip in the middle of like what is an organic process of people meeting. But we're, we're getting back to it and it's back. Okay, it's back. So, you know, embrace it, figure it out. You can't be a hermit and have a business. That's first of all. I I mean, I don't know. I shouldn't say that. You can, but then you're only going to have an online business. And to have an online business, it takes a a, a shitload more than it does to have an in-person business. So this brings me to the really big point that I, the big, the big, thing I learned and that I'm, that now I'm committed to teaching everybody else, which is that online 
you have to be specific because you have to turn yourself and your content into the lead magnet that's going to make people that don't know that you exist or don't know who you are. And that's really hard. It's hard to get people who don't know that you exist to know that you exist, which is why there are things like hashtags and there, you know, whatever. There are strategies, okay? But, and that's also one of the benefits of Reels, just so you know. <laughs> Instagram has created a situation where that's the one kind of content that you create that they'll show to strangers. Or none of your other content gets shown to anybody other than people that already follow you. Yay! But like Reels are, are something that Instagram itself will actually show to strangers. So that's another, that's a reason to make a Reel. And I'm just going to say something else. You don't have to dance and point to make a Reel, okay? Like, oh, that those are ones that that get a lot of looks, but you can make, you can do your own thing. I actually have a client who is making killer. I love her reels and they're not dancing and pointing and she's getting tons of views. So anyway, um, so here's the thing in real life, it is true. And this is something that happens with so many new entrepreneurs and coaches is your first handful of clients are from people that you know. And so you're like, woohoo. And you're like, I don't need a niche because I got my grandma and I got my mom and I got my best friend and I got my sister and they're all different ages. Oh, and I got like this, I got my my sister's boyfriend and I got that, right? And and all of a sudden you're like, I got clients and they're like, they're every age and, and they're all diverse and whatever. And then when that initial pool of people runs out, and then you're just going like, hi, I'm a, I'm a coach. Hi, I do this. I do that. And all you're doing is saying what you do. And you're not actually saying like who you do it for or the real specific problems that you solve or the really specific outcomes that you get and how and for who. You don't got any clients because nobody knows. Like everyone's like, oh, great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, perfect. And they're just walking by. They're like, yeah, congratulations. Who, you know, I was about to act like we're on Zoom together. That's how excited I am to, to, that you're listening. Um, I was about to say, raise your hand because I do a lot of Zoom stuff and I like doing a lot of audience participation. <laughs> I was about to say, who here has ever made a post on social media where you announce yourself? Hey, everybody, I'm so excited to let you know that after a year of studying and, and, and really, you know, doing my certification, I'm officially a certified, you know, transformational health and life coach. And I am here to help you to have a way better better life than the one that you're having right now. And I offer discovery calls and they're free and you can have one. And then you can work with me in my 90 day program. And it's just all so amazing. And you probably were waiting to find out about this. So leave a comment below and let me know if you're, you know, if you're in. And then what you get in the comments are all of these people that are your existing friends on social media. And what are they doing? They're writing, congrats, congrats, this is so great. I'm so happy for you. Best of luck. You're going to be great at this. But probably no one or maybe one person says, I need this. <laughs> but most of the people are just congratulating you. Right? And that's because you just talked about yourself. You made an announcement. You told everybody what you do. But in no way, shape, or form did you really speak to them specifically or did you really let them know what real problem that you helped them solve so that they could actually have a, a moment of identification that you were talking to them and that they need you. And I've seen this a bazillion, bazillion, right? Like like triple bazillion, I'll make up a number, times. And it's it's discouraging. It doesn't feel awesome when you put yourself out there. I get it. I'm not making fun of you. But here's the thing. It's what happens when you don't have a niche. So in real life, when you tell people that you're a coach and then they already know you or, and I don't mean just, you know, I always say this. I'm like, I, like it starts to get like really long for me to every time I reference anything, I'm like a coach, a creative, a service-driven 
you know, um, entrepreneur, uh, like a helper, a healer, a, you know, you get the point, right? So sometimes just I use coaches like the umbrella term for like what we do as service providers. We're all here to make the world a better place. Every one of you that's listening, everything that you do is about helping other people, right? It's about helping them have more success, have what they want, feel better, be transformed, lose weight, get healthy, love their life, love themselves, fix their brains, right? Okay. So so when you meet someone in real life and and you tell them what you do, the thing is, is that you get to then have a little conversation with them. They can ask you questions. You can ask them questions, which is the most amazing thing you can do. And that's one of the things that we're going to be learning and doing in Prosper, my new course that's coming in June. Don't worry, it's coming toward mid to end of June and it's going to stop before August. So you're not going to worry about your vacation. Anyway, it's totally doable. But here's what I want to tell you. You need to join Prosper because so much of what I teach on this show is what I'm going to be teaching really for you, like in an experiential way in Prosper and really breaking it down for you. And one of those things is how to freaking become a curious person so that every conversation you ever have, ever, not just a discovery call, but anytime you meet people that somehow magically, without them seeing it or knowing, you are working your magic on them and they're feeling it and they're going, oh my God, I need to talk to you. And I'm going to teach you how to do that because that is a skill that you need in real life. All right. So When you do that in real life, it's much easier to move people along. But online, you have to know your shit. You've got to know what you're talking about because because you're the one who's putting it out. It's not a dialogue. Now, your goal is to get a dialogue going, but it's much harder to get a dialogue going online than it is in person. Imagine, and that's not news to you, right? So, So, you know, here I am realizing that I've got to start being more specific about who I serve and what I do, right? So that I can start having more of what I want, which is to have people that don't take my yoga class, right? Start to um, follow me, find me, and actually get like how I can help them. So the online, this is the big point. This is one of the big takeaways from today. If you want to use the online space in your business, and I don't mean use it to be an influencer or use it to sell online. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about if you see the value of using social media, right? That's what we're talking about here. We're talking about the platforms of, you know, even the podcast, this show, you know, I was like at first. When I was, when I had the idea to do my own podcast like years ago before I was really clear on my niche. And I was like, I'm going to do a podcast and it's going to be called Life is Hard. So what are you going to do about it? And it's for everyone. It's for everyone in the world. Now, I, I think this show is for everyone in the world, but not everyone in the world is going to want to listen to it. And that's why I had to really think about, I mean, and I made this, started making the show once I was super clear on my niche, but I'm just giving you an example of how like years ago, I thought, like, I'm just going to put out this show and then somehow everyone in the world is going to find it. But that's not true. That's not true. I know that the people who want to listen to my show are coaches and creatives and and service purpose-driven people, thought leaders, people who are in service, who who have something to say, who want to use their voices and their gifts and their skills, right? Who who really want to be making a difference in the world, who want to be helping others to transform their lives. Now, can other people who don't do that, can someone who that's not their job, like, you know, can that, can somebody listen to the show and like it? Yeah. But I can't focus on that. I have to focus on how to attract the people to, that I really know will want the show, right? So that I can have listeners. Otherwise, I'm just putting something out into the ethers and everyone's going to find shows to listen to when they're looking for something, And they're going to be really specific about what they're looking for, what they want to hear, what they want advice on or whatever. And they're going to find those shows. And then your generic show is just waving in the wind with nobody listening to it. And that's what it's like in your business when you have no niche. You're just out there flapping in the wind. It's like you put up a sign that said what you are, and then you're expecting for people to get excited about that. 
And that's not the way it works. So if you want to have the online world as part of your funnel, as part of how you attract and serve, again, I'm not even saying that it's how you like make a lot of money. But if you want to use the online space and social media and all the things available to you, um, let's count podcasting even as a form of of media. It's a form of media, right? Maybe it's not social media, but it's a form of media. And if you want to do any of these things, even a book, even write a book, if you want to create anything, you've got to know who is going to want it and who you're creating it for so that you can be really specific about, and now we're going to get to the really important stuff. Okay. Well, it's all important. We're going to get to the next thing that I want to share with you. You've got to be really specific so that those people can find it. And on social media versus in real life, it is a thousand times more important than in real life. It's still important in real life, but it's more important online. And that's one of the big points I wanted to make to you. If you want to use social media or or media platforms as a form of attracting or nurturing people who then would want to talk to you about working with you, and then, of course, it gets off social media and it becomes real and you talk to them and you have a phone call and you message and whatever, if you want the social media to be how you get people to talk to, you have to have a niche. You have to be specific. Now, here's really good news. Are you ready? Your niche does not have to be like literally how old someone is. Your niche doesn't have to be if they're male or female or whatever they consider themselves. Okay. It does not have to be that. I don't have a niche that says I only work with women. I have had male clients and I have one right now. Okay. Um, I don't say that I only work with women in their 50s. I have a lot of clients that are in their 40s, 50s, and 60s, but I right now have two clients in their 20s. And I think I have a couple in their 30s, right? So do I don't put age limits or, or you know, gender limits on my coaching niche, but I can tell you a lot of things about my niche, all right? And not just what people do, not just their professional, although that's a big part of niche, like not just that they're coaches and creatives and people who want to have like not the norm businesses who want to start their own businesses, who really want to be in service and get to do the work that lights them up. But there's some other things about the people in my niche. They're all soulful. Everybody that comes to me is willing to include in the work that we do, in addition to the fact that we do everything like really strategic and I'm very, very down to earth and I'm very real and I'm a no bullshitter and I'm not, I don't tell people that all they need is the woo and they can make a hundred thousand dollars like, cause that's fucking bullshit. But I do believe that you do need to do your mindset work and I do believe that you need to have a connection to the universe and you need to believe some shit. You have to believe that things are going your way. You have to believe that there's some higher power for you to connect to. You can't just believe that you're just this like this like human being that at least in my world, like I believe that like you got to have your practices of visualization and manifestation along with strategy, okay? Um but look, I come from 20 years of doing of doing energetic aligned work, like aligning energetically. You know, I believe that. I believe in your chakras. I believe that you have different layers of your subtle body and all of that factors into your success and your health and well-being. So the people that work with me, they also they they believe that or they want to believe it. They want to come to me and learn it. Right? So nobody that comes to me is someone that like thinks that all of that is bullshit. And that's part of your niche. That's part of my niche. Okay, so, all right. So now you get how important it is to have niche for the online space as well as you're in person. It's it's important in person because you got to be able to tell people what you do. But it's more important online because, are you ready? Here's the next part. Because online, you have to create content. Big word, content. I, you know, I've been, this is episode, what did I say? 25 or something. And, and for all the months that I've been doing the show, I've been like, oh, when I, I got to do an episode about content. Cause you hear that word, content, 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 content. And I think that a lot of people don't know what content is. I think a lot of people don't know what that means. I don't mean that you're stupid. I mean, I don't know if you really understand what the, how, how important it is, how necessary it is to create content. 
if you want to have a presence online. And going back to me saying, like, you can't just um, announce yourself. You can't, your content on social media can't be, hi, I'm a coach who wants a discovery call. That's not content. Content is offering value. Content is speaking directly to your ideal client. Content is creating whatever it is, storytelling or speaking to your ideal client about the pains that they have or the or 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 what's possible for them. Content is sharing your story, it's sharing about your clients, it's sharing it, it, content is making workshops, it's creating challenges, it's doing master classes, it's you know, it's your program. It's it's your service. It's how you help people. Content is what you need if you don't have a business where people literally just call you and book appointments and come and work with you. Content is what you need in order to show people what's possible for them. Content is how you is how and it shouldn't always be just educational and informational. That's like a number another big that's why I'm going to do an episode on content so that you know that it's not just like telling people facts, okay? But content is critical for you to create. You have to create content. And number one thing I hear from people who come to talk to me about working with me is I don't know what to post. I don't know what I should do on social media. And you know why they don't know? Because they don't know their niche. And therefore, why on earth would they be able to create content for who? For what? Right? Like, would it create content in a vacuum? Just make up some shit? Like, randomly think of what you want to say on social media? No. What you say on social media, your content, how you know what to say, it's got to come from knowing your niche and who you're talking to so that you can create something that's going to be of value to them so that they will then start to feel a connection to you and go, wow, this chick or this dude or this they is is really speaking to me, is really, really like calling my name. You've got to create stuff that's going to make them feel interested, curious, excited, believe that you're an expert, think that you might be able to help them, think that you get them. And that's your content. So if all your content's just about Offering your services, offering your services, offering your services, offering your discovery call. No one's going to pay attention. They don't, they don't want that. You don't want that. None of you want that. I know that for a fact. Right? So, you know, one of the things that, that you must be willing to do is figure out how to turn the work that you do into in some ways, some teaching. And I'm. this was the episode. I, I really like have a whole other episode in me about talking about how, about how teaching is a form, is, is, is a, something that we have to do when it comes to social media and stuff like that. But anyway, um, so, but you have to be willing to turn something into, into the, the type of um, content that you can share with people to let them know how you help them and to let them know what kind of transformation you provide or what kind of, you know, what kind of outcomes you help them to get. And that brings us to what is your niche? Meaning, if it's not that sentence or that hot hook, what is it? Well, your niche is a deep dive. It is it is the underpinnings. It's the foundation of your business so that you can create content. And your content is what you need on social media. It's your offers. It's your programs. It's like how you tell people how you help them. It's how you talk about the transformation that you provide. It's, it's how you position yourself as an expert. It's, it's your content is everything and it has to stem from your niche. And so in order for that to happen, your niche can't be a sentence. Your niche has to be a fertile field (laughs) of lots of stuff that you've excavated and that you know and that you nurture and nourish about who you help. So what makes up your niche? Well, first of all, as you know, According to Stacey Brass Russell, who you are is part of your niche. I said it earlier. Knowing who's going to who's going to relate to or resonate with you. Knowing if you're Stacey Brass Russell and you're a 53-year-old woman in New York City who, you know, like who's who's going to 
resonate with me as their coach? Well, they're going to resonate with certain things about me. They're going to resonate with that I've got this yoga background. They're going to resonate with that I'm a performer. They're going to resonate with like the stuff I share about like my lifestyle and my beliefs and my values, right? All of that is a part of what makes someone think, I think I want to talk to her, okay? Then the next part of your niche is you have to know the problems that you solve, okay? And here's the thing. You have to know the problems in a really specific way for your specific soul line client. Because I'm going to tell you, lots of people, okay, have trouble sleeping. Lots of people want to lose weight. Lots of people need X and Y. There's a million coaches, million people that do the exact same thing as you. And they all solve the same problems as you. And that I'm not saying that to threaten you or to scare you. I'm saying that because therefore you have to realize that different people are going to go to specific people for the problems that everyone solves. And there's going to be a reason why they pick a certain person to work with them or to work with instead of someone else. And so the way that you talk about how the problems that you solve impact your ideal client is critical. How does, how does not sleeping well impact someone who's a high-performing executive and someone who's a new mom? Those are two totally different niches with the same freaking problem. So if you're just out there going like, I'll help you sleep better. And I had a conversation today with somebody who brought this up. So it's top of mind. If you're listening, I'm not mocking you. (laughs) Okay. It's just top of mind. It's just, it's just the thing that we just talked about today. Right. And I said this to her, right? So the thing is, is that like the way that not sleeping shows up, the causes of it, as well as the results of it are different. And that is your niche. Who specifically has the problem, how it shows up for them. Because lots of people have all of the same problems. Our whole population has the same problem. But most of the population doesn't love themselves. Most of the population doesn't feel worthy. Everybody has imposter syndrome. Like, you know, but like, if you really think about like all of the problems that we here solve, that everybody here helps with, everyone in the world has these problems. And the reason why we need a niche is because we can't, we've got to be able to speak about the way we solve the problem and the way the problem shows up for our ideal client, which is specific to their life, to who they are. What are they doing all day? What, like, what are they? Who are they? How old are they? If those are the things for you, right? What do they do? What, what are the circumstances of their life that is making this problem a problem for them? That is your niche and it's a deep dive. It's a, it's a flesh out. It's not one sentence. It's a million bullet points. It's a million journalings. It's a million, (laughs) a million brainstorms where you sit and you really get into the psyche of your ideal client and you think like them and you feel like them and you think, what is my client feeling that feels so freaking shitty that they're willing to pay for a solution? And then another part of your niche is the outcomes you provide and not just the outcomes you provide that are like what I call the big picture ones where you're like, and then you'll have a perfect life. No, (laughs) right? That's not what people are not going to pay you because you said you're going to give them perfect life. They're going to pay you for the real things that are going to help if they get the outcomes you help them with. Maybe their life is going to feel perfect. Maybe once they do get healthier, maybe once they do have more success in their in their business, maybe once they do, you know, love themselves more, maybe when they are carving out more time, maybe when they have figured X, Y, and Z out, maybe what, like whatever it is, right? Maybe when, maybe when they do take that big step that they can't take, maybe when they do quit their job, like all of that, right? If you... If, if you can nail the things that like they need to do in order to get those big results, right? Then, then you can tell them this big picture thing that might become possible for them. But you have to be able to talk to them about their real outcomes that you can really help them get when you are working with them, right? What's going to happen immediately? What's going to happen as soon as they 
as they as they're as they're working with you, as they're talking to you. Right? So your niche really becomes this this these underpinnings of what you've heard me reference as your yellow brick road. And your content is what is on the yellow brick road to attract and serve and convert people to working with you. So what's under that yellow brick road is not a sentence. What's under that yellow brick road is this fully fleshed out, deep, multifaceted understanding of who you are and not only the problems that you solve because you're good at it and you're trained at it, but the but but who you solve them for because they show up for those specific people in a specific way in their life and it's important to them for a reason. There are problems that some of you solve that I may have, but it's not my top problem. So I'm going to pay for my top problem and then my other problems are going to be like, I'll be like, I'll deal with them later. Everyone has some version of that. Everybody has some version of that. And so you need to be speaking to the people that have your problem as the top problem. And that's what niche is. And then how you solve it, what the outcomes are. They have to be the outcomes that those people want. If you're just walking around saying that you help everybody love themselves, if someone is not walking around in their busy, hectic, chaotic life thinking, fuck, if only I loved myself. I better find someone who can help me love myself. Then great. If they're thinking that, you're going to get a client. (laughs) But if they're not thinking that and they're actually thinking a whole bunch of other things that you as the expert know is probably a result of them not loving themselves, you're not going to get them on an outcome of love yourself. You're going to get them on an outcome of, um, you know, uh, trying to date <laughs> or, or, you know, or showing up and, and, and speaking up for themselves or whatever. And, and then when they start working with you, you're going to let them know. So just so you know, one of the things that you're going to need to, you know, we're going to work on is in order for you to start using your voice and whatever, we will be looking at like at some version of how much you love yourself. And I'm going to be helping you love yourself more. But if you were to tell her that when she's just walking around suffering with the shit that's not going well in her day-to-day life, she's not thinking, I need self-love as an outcome. So your niche has to be you really getting clear on how your ideal client is thinking and feeling about the problem that they're having. And you have to be willing to override the part of your brain that's an expert that knows all the stuff about limiting beliefs and about like, and about what's stopping them and all this. And you have to be able to override that and just go into their brain. So if you don't have a niche, how can you go into anyone's brain? You don't know whose brain you're going into, right? Yeah. All right. I think I covered it. I think I covered everything I wanted to tell you about why you need to know your niche, how it serves you in your business, and what niche is made up of, and that it's not one sentence. So um, I'm feeling really complete and really excited that I shared all this with you. And I hope that like, look, there's no to do here. I mean, the to do is I just gave you a lot of shit that you need to excavate, that you need to brainstorm, that you need to work on. And I gave you a lot of food for thought, right? So at a minimum, the who you are, the problem that you solve, who you solve it for, and the outcomes you provide, if you're not saying those things in like a multitude of ways that are super relatable, super clear, super tangible, super physical, and that relate really specifically to the kind of people you work with, go back and do that work. And if your niche, if your hot hook is this like pretty generalized sentence with all kinds of flowery like outcomes and all kinds of words in there that a regular person is not thinking is their problem or what they want, fix it, change it change it. And trust me, you don't need the flowery one. And then here's the next part. All that other shit you want to say and talk about that you're so worried that you put in that one statement, that one sentence, guess what? That's all in your content and in your messaging. Your niche statement is not all of your messaging. It's not you covering your bases. You've got to create all kinds of messaging. You've got to create all kinds of content if you want to use the online space. And even if you want to use the the in-person space, if you want to do a talk or a workshop or a retreat or an event, believe me, you're not going to get anyone to sign up for it unless they are really understanding why it's for them. 
And if you do that shit for free to try to attract clients and you don't use a niche when you're creating your free content, you're going to get lots of people who want your free stuff and then you're going to wonder why they don't want to pay you for what's next, why they don't want to go further, why they don't want to make a bigger investment. And that's because if you're creating content that's generic and too broad, you might get some people who are like, ooh, I want to go to that thing for free. And then when you say, okay, I just gave you this free thing. Now do you want to talk to me and find out how you, I can work with you? They're going to be like, no, I'm good. That's why you need a niche. So with that, I am signing off. If you have questions, right, about anything I'm saying, I'm here. I'm a human. Um, reach out to me. Ask me a question. Shoot me an email. If this stirred something in you, let me know. I really, really, really want to hear from you. I love hearing from you. Um, and I don't have room for any one-on-one clients right now, but Prosper is coming. And I think that from what I know about who's listening and what you have shared with me, you're going to be really excited about it. And I'm really excited to teach it to you, to, to give it to you, to offer it to you. All right. So, um, that's it. I'm signing off. I can't wait to be with you next week in your headphones, in your ears, sending you lots and lots and lots and lots of love. And all I want is for you to be successful. All I want is for you to get to wake up every day and make money doing what you love. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Passionate and Prosperous with me, Stacey Brass Russell. If you like what you're listening to, please make sure you're following or subscribing. And if you're on Apple, that's the little plus sign on the top right so that you get notified when new episodes drop every Wednesday. Stay tuned for next week's episode with my special guest, Jessica Han Smolin. And we're talking about how possible it really is to create a business that's in total alignment with who you truly are. As always, I'm sending you love and high vibes. And remember, life is hard and there's always something you can do about it.